0: Welcome to Timeless Truth with Pastor Jim Thomas, a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. This season, Pastor Jim will be mining the treasures of the gospel from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Each week, Jim will walk through one of six chapters, giving around 15 minutes of reflection each day, Monday through Friday. We pray this study of the timeless truth of God's Word will equip and encourage you. If you'd like to learn more about the Village Chapel or find more resources like this one, visit thevillagechapel.com. Now here's Pastor Jim.
1: Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee, with your daily devotional. We're walking through Ephesians, and we're at the end of chapter one, taking one chapter a week, 15, 20 minutes together. Um, If you're running or or driving your car on your way to work or something like that, I'll read the text for you. But if you happen to have your Bible with you, if you're at home or in your office somewhere, grab a cup of coffee and join me. I hope you'll also subscribe and uh, look for any of the show notes that you can download, some of the quotes I'll use, and some of, the, some of the study points that we'll make as we go along. But this last few verses of chapter one in Ephesians, Uh, This is the first of one of the Apostle Paul's prayers that we find in the ancient letter to the Ephesians. And I love that he records uh, some of his prayers. You can learn so much by hearing somebody pray. Maybe you know somebody that can pray out loud really well. I I know somebody like that. I'm married to somebody like that. And uh, I'm so moved when I hear Kim pray, and when I hear others as well pray, um, I learn how to... To God myself. I I hear them say things that I wish I had thought to say, or perhaps they even give voice to um, background thoughts that I had, but they I I didn't know how to put them into words. The same thing is true when I read the prayers of Jesus in the Gospels, or when I read the prayers of the Apostle Paul, like here in Ephesians chapter one. Listen to this prayer. This is what he prays for the church at Ephesus. And the the items that he's praying about, the individual things he's praying about might surprise you. Um, when we are making our prayer lists uh, in our own day and time, they're so often, our prayer, Our lists are so often filled with categories that don't even show up in this prayer. And I find myself both, both challenged by it and encouraged by it. So before I read this prayer, prayer right here by the Apostle Paul. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for your word that it's living and active. And on this day, as we read this passage, we pray for a clearer vision of your truth, a greater faith in your power, and a more confident assurance of your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll go through the end of the chapter, just to verse 23 there. For this reason, I too, the Apostle Paul says, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe, these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And again, a lot of this is one big, I believe verses 14 through 19 are all just one big run-on sentence. And so sometimes we get, when we read the pronoun him or he, we don't know which is he referring to God the Father or God the Son. Let's go back. We'll just rewind a little bit in terms of what it says here and, and just just to ponder a little bit of it. And I'll try to help with the, the, the reference uh, as we go along. Um, uh, I, w- I want to remind us all, though, that as Martin Lloyd-Jones used to say about prayer, uh, beyond any question, it's the highest activity of the human soul. And that's because this is when we really are communing with God. And I love the way the Apostle Paul does this here in Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. And perhaps it could help you, and certainly it has helped me in the way that I pray. For instance, if I were to just take the way he introduces the prayer, verses 15 and 16, I think there's three things right there as he's telling the Ephesians he said that he's going to be praying for them he says for this reason too having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists among you just just to begin with you know acknowledging that their lead characteristic their lead trait that marks them if you will is their faith in the Lord Jesus it's not the it's not the bigness of the the facility that they gather in it's not the it's not the sharpness of their production it's it's not the flashiness of their music or the sense of humor of their pastors none of that none of the stuff that some people might say oh that's the church I want to go to um no he is he's praising them for the fact that their lead characteristic is the faith they have in the lord jesus that That reminds me that the priority, the reason for the existence of the village chapel and the reason for the existence of every church that calls itself a Christian church ought to be its faith in the Lord Jesus, uh, its belief in the gospel of grace uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. So So that's so important, the way he starts that way. And he's telling us, about this church even as we read it we learn about um what what really brands their church you know it's their faith in the lord jesus and secondly and your love for all the saints oh wow even jesus in his in that prayer in john chapter 17 uh prayed for the oneness of the believers uh, the unity of the believers that they would love one another. And he, he taught them over and over again about his love for them and about how they should share that love with one another. And it's the desire of of the heart of Jesus uh, that we as members of his body, the church of Jesus, would come to love each other well. How you doing with that? Um, I, I hope you're doing well with it. I, I, I want to do well with it myself I want to be eager to be with God's people I want to be eager to praise God's people uh, for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and for the love that they share with one another we have several groups in our church that I could I could sit here and give you very specifics about how they love each other well um, a couple of Sunday school classes a couple of home groups that <clears throat> just without a whole lot of anybody trying hard just have found themselves loving each other well. And they're a great and wonderful model of what it means to be the body of Christ. And I feel the same way about them that the Apostle Paul feels here about the Ephesian church. And so he, he begins telling them that he's gonna be praying for them by acknowledging their faith, acknowledging their love for each other. And thirdly, in verse 16, he doesn't cease to give thanks for them. Um, and make make mention of them over and over again in his prayer. So his, his prayers are filled with gratitude for them, and his prayers are consistently filled with gratitude for them. Hey, I hope you're praying, whatever church you go to, and if you come to the Village Chapel or if you watch online, I really hope you're praying for the Village Chapel. I hope you're praying for me, but more, pray for the whole church, um, and pray that the the church would remain faithful to the gospel, to Jesus, and that we would we would exhibit and express his love so others could see it. That would be undeniable. That's the love of God at work flowing in that group of people. And give thanks for what the Lord is doing at the village chapel, would you? I think that will, um, again, it's the kind of thing that gratitude always precedes joy. And I love it when the people of God gather together and they gather together eat with eagerness and with joy to worship the Lord and to lift him up and a lot of that begins with this same kind of disposition where we lead with the gospel we love uh, each other well and we give thanks for each other here's the rest of the prayer it's powerful that the God and Father or that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him Wow. Okay. Now, was that on your list of things to pray for for, for today, for yourself or for your church? Well, I, I hope it now will move to the front of our list as well, that we might receive from the Lord a spirit of wisdom and of revelation. That is that God would continue to open our eyes to see him in the knowledge of him. That is that our knowledge of him wouldn't be just superficial, wouldn't just be merely kind of a wooden religious, you know, uh, knowledge, but that we would come to know him, experientially know him, and that our eyes would be opened. It even, even says that in verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Uh, it's it's the same kind of word that you might use to describe uh, uh, something that's illumined, or, or like the the... the camera on your phone, if you have one, and if it has a flash feature, that if you're in a darkened room, the flash goes off to illuminate the the object that you're trying to take a picture of. And what we want the Lord to do is to uh, take the eyes of our heart and enlighten them so that, he says, his purpose in verse 18, that we may know what is the hope of his calling. I love that. Uh, When we studied 1 John, I love the emphasis on knowing that you have received this gift of salvation from Christ that you can rest assured in the knowledge of God's generous grace toward you. And here, that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened so that we may know what is the hope of His calling. I love that, tying hope together with certainty. And it's our our hope and our certainty are all wrapped up in His calling, okay? what are the riches, and that we might know this as well, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? That is what he has done for us. This inheritance that was already referred to in verse 13 and 14, it's sort of a um, a work of the Holy Spirit to uh, be, the Holy Spirit is this this sort of deposit, this down payment, if you will, that we have within us of a future glory and of a future kingdom that's coming for now in this day in in the already but not yet kingdom, we already have the Holy Spirit residing in us and he's praying, the apostle Paul's praying that our eyes would open more and more and more to that hope of the glory and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Verse 19 is packed with power words. Check this out. And that we would also know what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. And these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. And there are four different power words that are used there. I love these words. I, I love the way that God, what, what's, what the Apostle Paul is saying here. Is look at all the effort that God has put into your salvation, not just your, you know, pie in the sky, way off in the eternity kind of thing, but the salvation that you're experiencing right now. The Lord has, uh, with the in accordance with the working of the strength of His might, He's done all of this so that you might have a certain hope in Christ. Wow, that's something we can walk in today. That's something we can know today. Mm. Verse twenty, which he which God the Father brought about in Christ when God the Father raised Christ from the dead and seated him, Christ, at his, the Father's right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. You mean far above all, I mean, this is being written in the first century. And so far above every name, every brand, every social media company, every computer manufacturer, every military industrial complex, every political party, every political regime, uh, no matter where it's at, all of them in heaven and all of them in earth, Christ has been seated at the right hand of the Father far above, not just kind of above, far above All rule and authority, power, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the one to come. Wow, that's amazing. And God the Father put all things in subjection under Christ's feet and gave him, Jesus, as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Do you see how this prayer for the church has gone from thanking the Lord for the faith? Um, that he sees in the Ephesian church, thanking, giving thanks to the Lord for the love he sees flowing in the Ephesian, ch- Ephesian church. Um, as well, giving thanks to the Lord consistently, day in and day out for the work that he's doing in the Ephesian church. And that on the way, all along the way, the Lord would be enlightening them, opening their eyes and their hearts to know more and more and more and more about who Jesus is. And then it's almost as if his prayer gets completely, the minute he starts talking about Jesus and, and, and the surpassing greatness of God's power toward us who believe, uh, and all of that being exerted on behalf of you and for, and for me as well, for our salvation. Um, as as just as much energy as he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. You see that? That's mind-blowing. He's going to save us with that same level of power today and on an ongoing basis. This is beautiful. There's so much here. I encourage you to read uh, Ephesians 1:15 through 23 again and again and again and go looking for prayer points uh, for yourself from this rich prayer of the Apostle Paul. Thanks for being with me today. Lord, thank you for this passage. Uh, thank you uh, for all that you have done to save us. Uh, you loved us that much. That blows our minds. So we're filled with gratitude. I thank you for the, the faith in the saints that I see at the Village Chapel. I thank you for the faith of of many other churches around the world by uh, those that might be attended by any of those who might be listening or watching today. We give thanks for your church. We're grateful for the love that we see in motion in your church. And may that love point to the glory of Jesus in whose name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you.
0: Thanks for listening to today's study. Take a moment to leave a review and share this episode with friends and family. You can stay connected by signing up for our TVC Resources newsletter or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. At The Village Chapel, we believe God's Word is unique in its source, timeless in its truth, broad in its reach, and transforming in its power. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com.